where in that section of the Gospel of St. Matthew, where we see this growing hostility towards Jesus, a hostility towards him and, and people coming, trying to trap him in word or speech or deed, uh, something that they can accuse him to, to, to just silence him, and ultimately we know it leads to his crucifixion, uh, uh, all put together. But today the, the Pharisees seemed to be impressed that when they heard, he heard, they heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they come with this question. And there's kind of an error of respect here uh, because they're asking a question that would have been a question that many rabbis had discussed. It was, it was discussed throughout the uh, Old Testament times. It was discussed in the days of Jesus. It was discussed actually uh, by rabbis through, the, through, through and probably even to yet, yet today, but definitely through the Middle Ages. Which of the commandments is the greatest? In fact, one of the rabbis of the Middle Ages, about, uh, if, uh, if I remember right, was in the mid-1200s, uh, actually went through and he categorized and summarized each of the commandments in the Old Testament. He found 613 commandments. Now, as I perused the list yesterday, I have to admit, some of them seem rather repetitive, like don't marry your father's sister or your mother's sister are two separate commandments instead of don't marry your aunt or whatever, but, but they spent time, which of these is all, was, was, was the most important, which one is the greatest, which one is of utmost importance, that if you, if you can only keep one, which one is the most important? They went back and forth and forth and back, all sorts of answers. And Jesus answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And I believe it's St. Luke's Gospel, the scholar says, you've answered well. And Jesus goes on, and love your neighbor as yourself, but wishing to justify himself, he asked, and who is my neighbor? And so we have the great parable of the Good Samaritan given. But here we don't have that. We have Jesus just definitively answering. The reason perhaps why the, the person responded, you've answered well, is this, these this verse that he's quoting, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, is part of a prayer, and it's a section, uh, I believe it is of, of uh, Leviticus or Exodus. I should have looked that up before I said it, but uh, my brain is mush today. But it was, it's written on the, the doorpost it's, it's, and put in a little scroll and put on uh, their do doorpost, and it's written on their minds. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Him alone shall you serve. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. They repeat it number, a number of times throughout the day. It's as important to them as in their Jewish prayers as the Our Father is to us as Catholics. That's how important this is. They would have repeated it day after day after day. And Jesus names that as the most important. In fact, it sums up if you want to think about it, loving God sums up all the commandments. If we love God, then we're going to, do, going to obey him when he asks us to not have uh, boil a kid in his mother's milk, uh, a kosher law. Uh, now, God has released us from that, that commandment, but, or if we love God, we're going to obey him when, when it comes to who we can marry. If we love God, we're going to honor, honor the people and, and respect 
people honor the life he has given to others. We're going to honor creation. We're going to, if we love God, it's everything kind of play, it plays itself out. But in order to make it clear, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, too. These two form the great commandments. I, I've shared this story uh, a number of times, but I, I still find myself awed by it. Uh, teaching freshmen my first year as a priest, teaching morality and what are the great commandments. And uh, I was just looking for four words, love God and love neighbor. After about five weeks, some of them still weren't getting it. I was still getting every variation of the golden rule. My favorite, by the way, is do unto them before they do it to you, which is not the golden rule at all. It sounds like uh, uh, prison justice or something like that. But love of God and love of neighbor. And in the end, it could all be summed up in love of God. And so often we might think that's almost too easy. In fact, uh, St. Augustine, in a letter he was writing to a woman who asked him, how, how do I live the Christian life? He said, love and do what you will. And a number of critics of his said, well, you're making it too easy. And he said, no, 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 no. Love and do what you will. And I think in, in our modern sense, we might even think it's easier yet. Because so often we've reduced love to an adjective. It's what we feel. So a husband and wife love each other because they, as they look at each other, their heart skips, hopefully it skips a beat or two, although if it does that too often, that might be a serious medical condition. Or you, you might have some affection and your, your heart might melt a little bit. You have this warmth and whatever. Uh, or or uh, I know it's not always there as brothers and sisters when they, uh, they think uh, hopefully with some fondness with their brothers or sis sisters or siblings. Uh, we, we, you know, some, some kindness that we express towards our neighbor, some warmth, some affection, some feeling. And let's be honest, as so often the case, our emotions lie to us. Our feelings lie to us. We can deceive ourselves, and we, we see it all the time. Don't we, people who justify things because it felt right? They justify all sorts of things because their emotions tell, it, tell them it's okay. Love is not an emotion. Love is a verb. Love is a choice, an act of the will. When we choose, I, I've seen it a number of times, and maybe you have too, this, the story of a, two men out on the golf course. The one man had just lost his wife about a month before. And they're golfing, and, and the, one, the other one is sharing, my wife wants me to make chili tonight, but it's such a hassle. I have to go to the store, and I have to get the beans, and, you know, and I, I'm just tired from, from, from work this week, and I'd just rather not, I, you know, I think I'd rather just take her out. And about five minutes later, the other man says, make the chili. And the, the first man realized what he was saying. He wasn't saying, just make the chili. He was saying... Show that act of love to your wife. So often, love is in the small, little things. And, and not only do we reduce love to an emotion, but sometimes we, we enlarge it to beyond what it really is, too. We think love has to be some grandiose uh, thing. Uh, you know, I, I like to pick on, of course, now you can't do it, but the, you know, the stereotypical pre 19 or pre-2001, running through the airport and jumping on the plane and, and pulling your beloved off the plane and saying, I love you, please come home. 
this grandiose gesture, but love isn't always grandiose. Love isn't always laying down our life in a literal way, although that is the most potent example we have of love as Jesus Christ dies on the cross for us. And sometimes love requires that. But love isn't this grandiose thing always. In fact, I would dare say that we will never do the big grandiose act of love, choice for the other, if we don't do it in the little things, if we don't make the chili. Or how many of you as parents have had had to get up in the middle of the night and change your children after they vomited to stay up with them and rock them as they're colicky? How many of us as brothers and sisters have decided to put away what we wanted to do in order to play with our brothers and sisters who are younger when we're younger? How many of us have chosen to just do whatever it takes to show in a little way to choose to love? I'll admit, we don't do this perfectly, and I I hate, hate saying it, and thank God it's been a while, but I realize that so often I lack love. I remember with disdain one, one particular time where I got a call from the hospital 15 miles away in a particular city that had five or six priests. It wasn't their days off. Two in the morning, not one answered their phone. I got a call, and you know, I, I know he's not your parishioner father, and I know you're 15 miles away, but we can't get a hold of somebody. And I'll tell you, that was the longest 30-minute trip, and God heard it all. And I got there, and thank God, I put some of the anger away, and they couldn't tell me who the person was. But as soon as I heard who the person was and saw him, he was a former teacher in the city that I was in at the time, a much-beloved professor, very beloved, a gentleman who was all alone. His wife had died some time before. His brother was not able to be there. He had no children. He was so beloved by the community, he was dying alone. And he had fallen into unconsciousness by the time I got there. And I apologized to God all the way home for that lack of love. Yes, it was an inconvenience. But this man died alone with just me having visited him and the staff that took such good care of him. If I loved more deeply, I wouldn't have been cranky at all. Yes, I would have lost some sleep, knowing that by the time I get home, I have to start the day, knowing that it's going to be a long day because of this. But understanding that that little act of kindness of me being there, of being with him in his last hour, meant so much more to him than the inconvenience. Love is not the big grandiose things. Love is simply choosing to be inconvenienced at times, to go out of our way a little bit at least. We're not going to be able to show our love in big ways if we don't do it in little ways. And I deeply believe we live in a world that needs to see it in all ways. 
It's easy to see when somebody lays down their life to protect somebody. It's easy to see when somebody goes above and beyond. And our news media, unfortunately, doesn't highlight the myriad of ways that we as Catholics, as individuals, love our neighbor in little ways. St. John tells us, how can we love God if we don't love our neighbor? How can we love God if we don't love our brother? And St. John tells us that we love God because he first loved us. And if he first loved us and he loves, we know that he loves our neighbor, then how are, who are we to not love our neighbor? Who are we to not choose to help our neighbor, our friends, our relatives, and even those that we don't know, or even those that do not love us in return? We need to show love, to choose love. This day, perhaps, to think about one way, one concrete thing, no matter how little. It might be just making some chili. It might be allowing yourself to be inconvenienced without bragging. But one way to show love, because this is how we show love of God, when we love our neighbor.